As we all know, the Body Track Academy is not just about clinical. Today, we are going to talk about prac placement for students. So some of you might be third or fourth year going into placement. This podcast delves into what to expect on placement for anywhere you go, some hot tips on how to get the best out of your placement, and pretty much act like a ready-to-go EP in the workforce. Listen on and get out there and smash your prac. Hello and welcome to the Body Track Academy, created by EPs for EPs. We'll cover all things clinical, business and personal growth to help you and the exercise physiology industry reach its potential. If you enjoyed this episode and find something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review and tell your friends to check it out. If you haven't already joined the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up, join our community of exercise physiologists and access more great content. Welcome back to the Body Track Academy podcast series. I'm Dan Hart, the head clinical manager here at Body Track, and I'm joined today by Holly, who's our prac supervisor. Hello, Holly. How are you? Hi, Dan. I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. Now we're recording this in the depths of lockdown, so a bit of extra time on our hands with clients obviously being on telehealth or going away, so... We thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about uh, PRAC placements today. So I was a former PRAC coordinator at, um, at BodyTrack until Holly came along and had some better ideas than me and then got promoted to do PRAC placement here as well. So we're going to talk in today's podcast about what to expect um, from practicum placement, not just at BodyTrack, but across your, your final year of placement or even into third year when you start it. Um, and giving you some hot tips about what to do on placement and some expectations. Um, so we'll tuck straight into it. Question one for you, Holly. What do you think we should? What do you think students should consider when choosing a prac placement? Yeah. So I think there's a few things that students should consider when they're choosing their placement sites. I think um, if you have the opportunity to actually choose your site rather than being um, or being proactive rather than being assigned uh, a, a site, I think that's always a really good um, thing to be able to do because it gives you a bit of an opportunity to, um, I guess, uh, find a little bit, find out a little bit about certain mm. clinics and locations that you might be interested in what they do or you know that their values of their business align well with yours or they might see a certain population that you feel like you really want to know a lot about. So I think um, actually having a little bit of a say over where you might want to go um, is a really good thing. And I think people should mm. or students should keep that in mind. Yeah, rather than choosing. I guess just being told, hey, you're on placement here for mm. the next six weeks. And then, I mean, back in my time when I did, I remember... I was trying to just take up anything I could um, yeah. and get as much experience as possible. But there was probably that part of being a student going, you're on placement here for four weeks. This is what, you know, the, the uni is organized for me. But yeah. does that does that mean you have to follow through? Well, I guess, no. Like I, um, I really feel like students should, um, if they don't feel like the placement site, if they have an interview or it's not exactly what they're there after, I think that they mm. can have a say in um, in their learning because it's, it's, it is their opportunity to get the best experience, obviously from placement. So I think yeah. that it's important to have a say with that. I remember when I was choosing my final 
year placements, mm. I um, contacted my coordinator and I said, there's two sites that I really want to go to, one being this and another one being making strides at the Gold Coast. And um, I pretty much just expressed the reason why and <laughs> said like, I really, really want these places. I've done some research, I know, and I've heard really good things about them and their placement is there anything that I can possibly do to be yeah. able to be um, located at these placements? I was like, I'm, I can do whatever time or whatever dates, like that's yeah. where I want to go. Making and yourself I think, really available, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. I think showing your coordinators that, you know what, I am I really want this and if, if, if there's anything I can do, I think that shows that you're a proactive person and that's good to get, you know, mm. um, that opportunity too. So I think there's definitely things you can do. Obviously... Also, as we are in lockdown right now, I think we have to remember that there are times where you got to somewhat take what you can get. Yeah. Um, there are clinics closed and there are people operating on different hours and things. And I think that's important as well. But mm. generally, I think there are things you can do to secure a spot that you want to be at. Yeah. And I think being from the prac supervisor end of it at Body Track, there was definitely times when talking to the university coordinators and them saying, hey, we've got a student that is um, allocated to your placement. Um, we actually think they're going to thrive really well there because mm. they've expressed that interest. Yeah. And so immediately from our perspective as a supervisor, we're, we're sort of pinpointing that student going, okay, they've, they've expressed interest. Mm. They're very passionate about what we do here. So we're probably going to get a lot of buy-in from them. Yeah, and they're, they're going to be a very, you know, a very good experience for them during prac. So, mm, absolutely. And, and then the other end of the scale, we've had um, <laughs> students who maybe have been knocked back from other placement sites because of different reasons. And the university coordinators have brought them to us uh, because they think that we will manage them quite well mm. and get them through placement um, and set set the uh, get them through to their their fourth year and, and graduating with um, some some sound level of knowledge and yeah, experience. Yeah. So it can happen both ways. So I think the top tip from that is really don't just assume that you have to go where you're told. Mm. Um, use your passion, use your experience, uh, or what you want to be involved in to actually look around at a few a few uh, exercise physiology clinics yeah, yeah. and sites and and yeah, make yourself available for them and. Put your best foot forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's say I've been, uh, you know, done my emailing and really wanted to go to a place like Body Track or a place that's um, really in, in line with my passion of exercise physiology. Mm -hmm. I get the pre-placement interview. Now, that doesn't always mean that I'm actually confirmed as well. Um, I'm coming up to see Holly. What do I expect? What do I have to do for my pre-placement interview? Yeah. So I guess... Um, from our perspective here at Body Track, a lot of what that interview is, is um, one, getting to know the student, getting to know what their career goals are, what their um, interests are, a little bit about the person themselves, you know, what are their hobbies, how did they get into exercise physiology, mm. um, all of those sort of things, really just trying to understand who that student is. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, other parts of that meeting involve them asking questions about us as well, which is yep. really important. And I love when students come to us and have have questions, you know, like asking what uh, what is your processes with this or, or how do you, um, I don't know, what are your values of the, of the company and things like that. I think it's good to have those questions. It shows a lot about the student. And then also um, 
there's discussions around what placement's like and um, what the hours are and those sort of logistical things as well. So that's sort of how the meeting goes. Mm -hmm. Is there um, any, has there been any experience from your time as supervisor here at BodyTrack that you haven't, um, you haven't thought the, the students that have come to the placement are the best fit for um, placement here? I obviously have had uh, time or meetings where I've sort of maybe been a little bit hesitant, mm -hmm. but I haven't ever had to make the decision to not take those students on. Yeah. Um, that might be different for you in previous. Have um, had had it, yes. Yeah. Um, Tell but us that more. was again, <laughs> that's again more of a management perspective, and that was coordinating with the university um, coordinators of placement as well. So, um, it, in some cases. If, and it's, it's key signs that we look out for where mm. they're not in, it doesn't look like they're interested in their, in their placement. They're not asking those questions during the pre-placement. Um, they're very disorganized. Mm. They're not dressed appropriately. Or or <laughs> Professionalism is sort of out the window. And we would definitely address those concerns with the, the university to say, Hey, I'm not sure because obviously we have, we have private paying, paying clients who the students are going to be working with mm. and we need the students to be able to be um, professional in their presentation to them. So if we are seeing those warning signs in their pre-placement, there's most likely an, an email going to the university saying, mm, probably not the best fit for us. Yeah. So yeah. that's something else for students to look out for as well um, yeah. when you're going for it. Yeah. So I think, um, I guess in terms of summarising what Dan was just saying, those <coughs> professional skills are really important. So simple things like consider it like it's a, a meeting or an interview for a job opportunity because that kind of is how it all really starts. Um, so I think those professional skills, you know, arriving on time, making mm. sure you're dressed well, um, introducing yourself to the admin staff, yep. you know, that sort of thing I think is really go does go a long way. Um, and... Um, and really helps just set that tone for that initial interview as well. Yeah. All right. So let's go through uh, the, the next kind of process. You've had your pre-placement interview as a student. Um, it's gone successfully. Um, we've set some goals for placement perhaps, but mm -hmm. sometimes these pre-placement interviews happen, you know, three or four months out. Mm, yeah. What do I do as a student between that pre-placement and going, okay, my next placement is that, let's just, for example, say body track. It's in four months time. Um, my, you know, 30 minute now meeting with Holly back then is a distant memory. So what, uh, what do I need to do in the meantime between pre-placement and my first day of, of PRAC? Yeah, this, I feel like this is actually a question that sometimes students will ask, which is a good thing <coughs> to ask. Um, Definitely. because it does show that they want to be proactive. Mm. And I think that one of the things I often say to them is, there isn't a huge amount that you really should do before placement in terms. I think a lot of them come from the point of like, should I study this or should I, you know, be up to date on, mm. on this or read some research or something. And like, that's good. Um, and I think as a student EP and even as an EP, you're constantly sort of reviewing things and reading research and mm -hmm. making sure you're up with evidence base. But I think one of the biggest things is just making sure that you're going to be prepared for six weeks of full-time placement. Um, so being ready for that from a financial point of view or from a work perspective, you yep. know, we, we really um, can tell the difference between students that are working or with us for 38 hours a week mm -hmm. and then 
also doing 28 hours of work from yeah. their own um, own side of things. And we understand like obviously that it, financially you do need to have that. But if you can prepare yourself to say you only do a couple of shifts on the weekend or something, it just makes a really big difference. Mm. So I think just making sure you're prepared from that sense is really important. Yeah, I think and going on from that, Holly, is what we've definitely seen because six weeks is a long time. It, it might go quick, but... In the six weeks, we've seen really high energy at the start from students mm. and really putting in and, um, you know, as supervisors, uh, we, we talk to our team as well and saying, how do you think this person's going on prac? And generally in the first three weeks, it is, their energy's high, they're yeah. putting in, they're um, trying to use as much initiative as possible, being involved in the sessions, um, wanting to sort of um, go, with, go with each practitioner that we have because we all have different disciplines here. And then we start to see the, uh, the kind of burnout, the <laughs> yeah. low, the low that happens. And that's what Holly's referring to. Um, it's when students are trying to fit in perhaps a part-time or full-time workload. They're trying to exercise as well. And they're trying to also do prac placement. It's a lot to juggle. And we understand that there's financial, um, financial considerations, but it is a prep in that preparatory phase before your de first day, it's getting all those things ready. Mm. So as you were saying, Holly, working out when work can happen um, and when your roster of being on placement can happen and balancing it really well. Not trying to do, you know, 20, <laughs> everything, at uh, everything at once, 16 hours of working in a day and there's only 24 in a day. You know, it's, it's not the most um, uh, healthy lifestyle that we definitely don't want to encourage either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I think... The other thing as well that's maybe sometimes students forget is even like logbook and, and stuff make, mm, they take up a fair bit of time. Yep. And I know it was different um, when I was going through and the same for you. I was on pen and paper. Now. Yeah, I knew you were on pen and paper. <laughs> I'm showing my age, but that's what I had to do. <laughs> I wasn't pen and paper. I was electronic. But I had to write out, I think we had to write out like literally every single person that we saw. Mm. So it was a lot of time. And I know it's different now, but it still does take up time. Um, and it's still mental capacity capacity of being like, oh, I need to go home and I need to make sure that I write down what I did. And you might have assignments and reflections on the side. And we have um, a placement task that we get our students to do at the end of their placement. So there's lots of other things that you're juggling as well, um, let alone just like general life things too. Yeah, so definitely. I think um, being as prepared as you can for placement makes a huge difference with just how well um, you can deal with six weeks of yep. it and how well you can perform in those later three weeks because we have higher expectations as the weeks go on Correct. Yep. and we really want to see students be able to um, sort of hold up that energy from the first mm. three weeks and make sure that they are um, getting every opportunity that they can to be as involved as possible. Yeah, to be excelling across, yeah. across the six weeks. So exactly. I think the top tip from there between pre-placement and day one, scheduling, get yourself prepared, you know, work out. Work out your day-to-day -day, um, for when placement starts. And that's everything for your work, exercise, and uh, placement. Mm. All right. We're ready to get on to your being at day one right through to the six, end of the six weeks of placement. Where, how, does a, how does a student manage themselves the best? We've spoken about how to prepare, I guess. But let's talk about the expectations or the actual physical parts of being on placement? How does the student get the best out of it? Oh, there's a lot of different things. And I think it depends for each student um, 
and their goals and things like that. But one of the biggest things I think um, goes a long way and we sort of try and encourage this a lot in the first week. So the first week you'll come in on your first day, you meet everyone, you'll do an orientation that'll take Mm. an hour or so and you do some goal setting and um, a bit of questionnaire sort of thing with some clinical case studies, that sort of thing. So we get a bit of an idea of um, where you're at. But I think... Um, time management skills and organization goes a long way when you're actually in the clinic as well. Obviously we have a very, very busy clinic. Um, and we're a lot of us are back to back and have a bit of admin in between, but we are pretty Mm. busy. So I think if you, if the students can set their day and we have daily planners for them, but making sure that they're actually going onto Clinico, looking at the bookings, knowing what that client has that they're going to see, booking in, scheduling themselves breaks, those sort of things um, uh, go a long way and they really do make a difference to just how the students learn while they're here and the opportunities they get. Yeah. Yeah. Preparation again, really, isn't it? It comes back to it again. So everything that you've prepared between that pre-placement and day one, you just use the same methods that you've done to then be on on placement as well. And I think Mm. the, the next part I'd go on to from there, Holly, is... Um, it's week one can be a bit clunky, you know, getting to, yeah. to meet everyone. But, um, what we ag- again tend to find is they'll, and again, this is going to be different across placements, but we have, we have 11 practitioners here yeah. and we start to find that students just, um, pigeonhole themselves with one practitioner. They gravitate practitioner to me. <laughs> and they, gra- they gravitate to the supervisor. We really encourage wherever you're doing placement, if it's, a, if it's multiple practitioners to, Disperse yourself across them because Absolutely. you're going to learn so many different cues and tricks and uh, ways to manage uh, different clients with different EPs. Mm. The whole idea of PRAC is to absorb all that information Absolutely. And, and become the best practitioner you can from that. It's not, I want to be like Holly or I want to be like Dan. It's, it's creating yourself as an allied health professional and an exercise physiologist by gaining and absorbing those skills and creating your own way of practicing yeah so that's one we we really strongly encourage and um yeah sometimes it, it doesn't happen but <laughs> we, we try and disperse the the student across and, and get as in, involved with many different conditions as well um, yeah and i often mm. say like in saying that to the sometimes with the students i'll often say to them if you do find that you're learning best with dan gage and jackie for example even if like it gets to week five or six, maybe you will start to see yourself gravitating to them a little bit more and that's fine, but making sure that you do have that opportunity to see uh, everyone's learning styles, everyone's teaching styles, because it does, um, it does add to your toolbox. Yep. Definitely. Um, And part from that too is there'll also be students who go, Oh, I'm very, I'm quite uh, confident in, this area of exercise physiology, it could be in musculoskeletal. Mm. So what the other thing we tend to see is they might gravitate to one person who is strongly in musculoskeletal because it's their comfort zone. Yes. <laughs> now the big rule and Holly will remember this when I was her PRAC supervisor way back is saying, um, we don't want people to fall into the comfort zone. We want people to be challenged as much as possible here at placement because um, placement isn't a, isn't a cruise through finish off and then you're getting, uh, getting graduated at the end of the year. And believe me, we can sniff out those people who are trying to do that yeah. on placement. It is about being challenged and, and using us as your safety net for mm. 
challenging yourself in um, in working with different populations and being really vulnerable and going, I've got no idea about these conditions, but yeah. you're with a group of practitioners who have had experience. It almost seems a bit silly not to try and gauge the, the um, get experience with them and, and pick their brain, I guess, mm. about how they're managing conditions to make you better. Exactly. Like, and we have, we're really lucky, or I, I feel like students are lucky to come to placement because we do have practitioners who are working specifically in areas and they do know quite a lot. Like if you are to go and see um, or to see a client with Caitlin and Nick, you know that you're going to be able to learn so much about oncology and cancer care with, mm. with exercise physiology. And that's something that is very valued and it's the same with women's health and, and things like that as well. So I think, um, I think being able to, like you said, sort of um, throw yourself into the deep end and get out of the comfort zone yep. is really important because you might not have that opportunity to go into a, um, a more particular area and you might not have even realized that you'd really enjoy it or you mm. really like that or find it really interesting. And um, it just opens up more opportunities. So I think that Definitely. Um, doing that is really important um, while you're on placement yeah. because of that safety net, like you were saying. Definitely. And, you know, we've had students who have, um, who have come through placement here and then connected with us again about a year or two after and they've, they've said, oh, like, you know, thank you for challenging me on that placement because I don't think I would have been in the position I am now without that because they were in that year after, they were by mm. themselves. Yeah. They were doing Soul Trader and they were seeing so many different populations mm. and they, they took little bits from what they learned from here and applied it and, again, built up their own skill set and their own way of practice and got some really good results with the clients they were seeing. And I just think... You know, if if you were if they were pigeonholing themselves pigeonholing themselves with a uh, a practitioner and not getting that experience across all different conditions at an EPCs, then you know that first year may be a bit different for them. Yeah, so. I think a lot more challenging. That's for sure. Yeah. So the yeah. hot tip from that, or during your placement schedule, uh, as always, manage yourself through placement. Do not burn yourself out. Yep. <laughs> um, but be prepared to be challenged and be vulnerable. Um, there's no, there's always a fear of failure that people will have um, in everything in day-to-day -day life. And we see it particularly on placement because they feel like they have to prove themselves. It's not what placement's about. Mm. Placement is about being vulnerable and challenging yourself and then, you know, building on your skill set yeah. over that, that six weeks that you have. So make the most of it. Yeah. Because it's okay to make a mistake. It's that it's really your only opportunity yeah. <laughs> um, to do so. So, All right. Let's go toward the end of placement. Um, if I'm a student and I've come towards my end, my end of my six weeks, it's my last placement and I'm thinking about job opportunities for the following year, um, how do I approach it with my supervisors at the time? I'm looking for jobs next year. What? How do I go about it? Am I full full on and go, Holly, do you have a job for yeah. me? Or do I go, I'm looking for jobs or I'm really interested in this area. How, what's, what do you listen out for or what do you look for? Yeah, I guess there's probably lots of different ways that this has sort of happened over the past year or so that I've been um, working with the students. I think I often, if I sort of see potential in some of them as well, I will prompt those questions. I might, mm -hmm. you know, it will be in the lunchroom and I'll be like, you know, 
such and such and what are you what are your plans for mm. after placement this is your final placement have you started interviews or um just sort of getting a little bit of an idea of yep. whether they want to stay in brisbane are they moving um do they like exercise physiology like all yep. of those things that um i just generalize questions and have a little bit of an idea from there but if you're a student um who is wanting or is, is looking for jobs afterwards you, after your placement and you and you want to sort of ask the supervisor, supervisor I think just be comfortable and have a casual conversation about it. By yep. like that week five and six, you should be pretty comfortable to talk to your supervisor about Definitely. those things. So I don't think you should be nervous to broach that conversation because mm. that's something that we like to see. Once again, it's proactive and it's showing us that you're interested. So I think be casual with it and just yeah. be open and, and say, look, I, I am, I'm interested in um, obviously applying for jobs after my placement. Um, do you guys take graduate students? Yep. Um, that can be a great way to just mm. start, start it off even. Yeah. Know? And I think, think of yourself, um, think about well, if you didn't do that as well Yeah, and you exactly. get to the end and you, you know, you might still connect with the people that you've been on placement with your supervisors um, out in the exercise physiology industry in, in the years to come. But if you don't kind of ruffle those fellas or push yeah. forward, then yeah. you're not going to really, you're not going to get a lot, a mm. lot back from it. So I, I would definitely try and almost put a bit of pressure on the supervisor and yeah. saying, you know, Absolutely. like Holly said, what are the opportunities after placement? And um, that, that puts in our head as well. Oh, you know, like, um, Jack, for example, yeah. um, he has done really like well and he has asked me about these things. I'll mm. keep him in mind. Yeah. Even if it is like one or two or, you know, six months down the track, mm. if something pops up, then we know that, okay, I remember that he was interested. We'll reach out, you know, Definitely. like there's no yeah. harm in doing it um, because those opportunities do come up in the future. So. Yeah. And, you know, EP is a small community. Absolutely. A lot of people know a lot of exercise physiology, yeah. particularly in Brisbane as well. I'm quickly um, learning that. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Holly, this has been fantastic. And I hope students have really enjoyed this as well as other exercise physiologists in the field. But we're just going to wrap up with a bit of a summary. So um, how do you think a student can get the best out of their placement experience um, for the many hours of placement they have to do before they become graduates. What's your, what's your top three tips? Oh, top three. I'll start with one. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. So I think my biggest thing, and I always say this to the students in the meetings is, or those pre-placement meetings, and we've touched on this today, but my biggest thing is just challenging yourself, jumping into every opportunity possible, um, being as committed and enthusiastic about your learning because mm. we see it and that's how you're going to get the most out of it um, and get the best opportunity for employment in the future. So I think um, I think just diving in and yep. giving it everything you've got because that um, that goes a long way. So that's my top number one. What's your number two? My number two <laughs> is it pretty much goes on from that and that challenge. Um, treat it like however long it is, let's say six weeks, treat it like a six-week job interview. Mm. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and it's not just uh, a supervisor that's watching. It's also all the other EPs that you might be working with in that uh, in that clinic as well. Mm. Um, make your best impression uh, because it's definitely how um, recruitment models do work. We use it here at Body Track, and I'm sure others will use it as well. Um, and people know people. Like yeah. if you've been in another placement, <laughs> there is 
bound to know that we know that placement site very well. We know the people there. And we're probably going to ask, hey, how was this student there? And they might go, oh, yeah, watch out for that person. <laughs> or <laughs> they say, fantastic, really yeah. good person. If you don't snap him up, I will. Or snap, yeah. the, snap her up, Actually, I will and as that's, well. That's another thing as well. Like, remember that um, even if you aren't looking or if you if that placement site isn't a job opportunity for you, but um, uh, you are applying for jobs after you graduate, mm. remember that you can use your supervisor and your placement sites as referees. And if you have a really good, leave a good impression, those referee calls are going to be so easy because they're going to be like, yep, employ this person. If we had a, cho a choice to, we yeah, would sort of thing. So definitely. I think. And I've, I've been on that to, phone call. Yeah, I've, I've done that yeah, before. Same. Yep, for sure. Yeah. And our third one. Do you have a third one, Holly? I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> I think third one, honestly, is just enjoy your time that you're here. Yeah, like, definitely. You're, you're in this industry because you're very passionate. We like to think so anyway, that you're very passionate about exercise physiology and the opportunities that present itself from, from placement, like you will have an effect on changing people's lives with conditions that they have. And believe me, we've seen some very chronic conditions and ones that they probably thought wouldn't be fixed or, or mm. cured or, or managed, sorry. Um, but with your help and your creativity as long uh, as well, that's you practicing as being an ex-phys, um, you can get some great outcomes and that's going to have a positive influence um, on your own well-being and your own, yeah. you know, goals. Yeah, so motivational. I feel like I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was probably my, my top three. Just really enjoy yourself and, um, yeah. I think they're good tips. Top three. All right. It. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll be back soon again with more Body Track podcasts. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Body Track Academy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends to check it out. If you're not already in the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up. Join our community of exercise physiologists and access more great content.